When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, you damn right. Hope everybody is having a good Wednesday. Oh, it's a special Wednesday. 30 days have September, April, June, and today. That's right. It's one of those 30-day things. However you remember it. If you use the knuckle system, you ever done that one with the knuckles? January's a knuckle, and everything that's between a knuckle has 30 days. Somehow that, or less, everyone that's between the knuckles has less than like 31 days. Something like that. I always remembered that one, though. Since I was a kid, one of my teachers. 30 days have September, April, June, and November. And then you got to remember the whole February thing. Other than that, you should be fine. It is the last day of November. We're about to hit December. We're about to get to more college football playoff discussions, and it's championship week. Although last night's CFP rankings were fairly ordinary because of what happened this past weekend. Got a lot of stuff to get into. We will try to help your fantasy team and Zay's fantasy team coming up at 1230. But let's uh, get into it here. It's Chad and Zay on this Wednesday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. He is the commissioner, captain, and leader of the Brett Favre's Great American fantasy team. They're in a little bit of trouble. What's up, Zay? Yeah, we're struggling. I need all the help I could get from JD. I got guys hurt. I was uh. once at the top. Now I could get back to third place if I lose this week, heading into the playoffs next week. Not looking good for your boy. Got a little complacent, did you? Yeah. Maybe. Got a little cocky. <laughs> a little cocky. Not gonna lie. <laughs> did you use my idea and like start Justin Tucker as your quarterback just to see if you could win that way? <laughs> That's not allowed. Oh, it's man. not allowed. You can't okay, do things like that. I just wonder if when people get real cocky, what is it they do? They just play the worst defense possible, or, or what? Uh, so we'll get you some fantasy help coming up at twelve thirty. I mean, I should have known that my team wasn't as good as I thought they were when one of my best players is kicker Nick Folk for the New England Patriots. Mm. When he's one of your best players on your team. Which I've been winning, but he's been putting up mad numbers, probably the most numbers for a kicker. Uh, yeah, that's not a good sign. That's tough. It's tough. That's tough. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to catch up with you. That can be difficult. Later. Can be difficult. Uh, so we got that coming up with fantasy football talk. Also, more college football discussion with the CFP. Longhorn players saying they are going into the transfer portal. Uh, we mentioned yesterday, and you may have missed some of that. Uh, we've got our normal guests coming up on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesdays at 105, it's Justin Wells of Inside Texas. At 205, it's Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Both to talk about the Longhorns, what they look like against Baylor, of course, but then also these transfer portal stories headed up by Hudson Card deciding that uh, he's going to now on Monday, it can become official that he's in the transfer portal, but he laid out that declaration yesterday. Yesterday became social media, I'm going to the portal day for like seven different Longhorns. 
That's weird. Wonder, did they all coordinate that, Zay, you think? Or did that just was that a coincidence? No. That's just, like, had their talks with Steve Sarkeesian, and that's it. Might as well say it now. Get the ball rolling. I mean, what's, what's the point of waiting, you know? So do they have, like, a representative of the team as you walk out of the office? Do they say, hey, by the way, if you're going to tweet your declaration, hashtag Texas football. Just give, give us a little <laughs> love on the way out. The way you out know, I, I wish that they did it after the championship games. I wish because it would allow guys to make them play in the bowl game. You know what I'm saying there? Like they like force the guys to play in the bowl game. Oh, you mean wait till after their yeah. bowl game is over? Yeah, wait like, till after the bowl game's over. Because that's the end of the season. It's now, a long time now. It is a minute. Yeah. It is a minute. That'd probably be a little sour for your team and the chemistry and whatnot. You probably have guys fighting and stuff. So maybe not in that case. But still, I just wish certain guys would, you know, stick it out for at least the bowl game. But you could say the same about guys who have NFL aspirations. Because that spring opening of uh, the transfer portal, isn't that that's something like the beginning of February all the way through mid-May or something like that? I think that's right, on the, like a, the spring. Uh, the and spring. that's for, I'm guessing, the guys who are playing on the top four Top four games. That'll or be top the top two games. Well, and four. I mean, that to me is for usually they'll have that window close after like spring games. Ah, that way if you go through the spring game situation and you're thinking, "Ooh, I'm three on this depth chart." Okay, um, may need to go. So that's kind of what that's all about. But you bring up an interesting point with this part. But you're seeing this is just that time of year where now that the regular season is, I think it's just all about. It's about last games, regular season, and then nowadays, man, they just – if you're not lined up for a New Year's Six or the playoff, the player, guys just don't look at the bowl game the same unless you're at a school where a bowl game is the big, one of the biggest things. Yeah. And Texas at, will never be that. Yeah, if you're out of Buffalo or something like that, bowl right. game's big time, especially if you have nine or ten wins or something like that. So, yeah, you're right. I get it. Yeah. All right. So we got bowl season coming up. We got that decision coming Sunday for the Longhorns. Um, I've actually got a really great piece of news if you're an NFL fan. I got a few pieces of good news NFL wise. Incredible week is coming up there. Uh, let's go spec set piece here. We'll dig into the rankings last night and talk some NFL. The spec set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. Cheer on Verde with Specs' larger selection of world class wines, spirited spirits, and craft beers. Score more at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. And coming off of that soccer reference, next hour we will get you a World Cup report. USA wins yesterday. By the way, Christian Pulisic says he'll be ready to go on Saturday. Yeah, he took a shot. Oof. They listed it as an abdominal contusion, I think is what they said. Or a pelvic contusion, maybe. Yeah, so that's like every time you breathe, you feel that. <sighs> Serious bruising of the business. Hey, man. Tough guy. Young. Bones heal quicker. That was a big time play by Pulisic yesterday. And uh, you saw him from the hospital bed. Yeah. He was like tweeting yeah. out <laughs> his guys and swearing and happy. It was good stuff. So uh, the U.S. team winning, obviously still in a lot of people's minds. If you missed the setup, it's uh, USA and the Netherlands Saturday morning at 9 a.m. our time. Fox, Big Fox is where that one is. The USA and Netherlands, the Netherlands. Alright, so last night uh, they threw the new CFP rankings out and I kind of felt bad for the guys on the show, Zay, because normally, and they even got the right guys, normally when you put Joey Galloway and David Pollock at a desk 
and ask them to talk college football, arguments happen. They get they get heated. They get fired up. They they start telling you exactly what's going to happen and what's not going to happen and all these things. Nope. Because uh, last night, after this past weekend, all the things that went that got out of the way, that LSU no longer a threat, that Ohio State lost the way they did, and we'll talk about them in a second, that Clemson lost their opportunity to South Carolina, I think I covered it all, that Oregon lost the way they did, all of that, I think, plays into it. And so now we sit with Georgia, Michigan, and TCU at the top, one, two, three, all undefeated, USC at four. 11 and 1 just as simple as if they all win if all four of those win this one's really easy who's USC got in the championship game uh Utah Utah they got Utah again yeah the team that they've lost to they got to beat them i mean I, I i think yeah i think if USC loses ohio state's back in i, I really do yeah i mean why, how can you not they Especially if Michigan wins, which they should beat Purdue. That's an absolute joke game. They need to break up that division in the Big Ten because that's just I ridiculous. Think I think they're going to move. I think they've discussed moving towards just the best two teams. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been awful because yeah. we know Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, those three teams battle. Whoever wins out of those three, they end up winning the Big Ten. So yeah. let's get that out the way. TCU, I think TCU, if they lose to Kansas State, a really good Kansas State team with Will Howard running the show, they might be good. Uh, they might be good. Now, it depends on a lot of other things. If USC wins, Ohio State not playing, I just I have no respect for Ohio State personally. Now, if USC loses, then I would put Ohio State up there because losing the two teams twice, I don't like that. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. you deserve to be in the playoff. But also Ohio State, like who have they beaten? And then getting just – blasted this past weekend at home. At their place, yeah. At home, at Columbus, in the horseshoe. That's not a good look either. So, you know, right now, the committee, they're hoping that everybody wins out, and if everybody wins out, it's looking good. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's it feels pretty simple. The, the, the complex question, I guess, on the other side of things would be, would we, let's go one at a time. Would you still put Georgia in if LSU beats them? Yes. Okay, I think that I think they will too. Would you still put Michigan in if Purdue beats them? Depends. Depends on what it looks like. It depends on everything else. Uh-huh. So many dominoes have to that fall. That depends on other things for you? Right. Okay. Uh cuz some people would say maybe if even if Michigan loses the the question's going to be, yeah, if they lose to that Purdue team who made a championship game, uh would you still put them in cuz I don't believe the committee decided to sneak Purdue in. No, they did not. Oh, uh, not even ranked. Didn't happen. No, not ranked. So, uh and then the question up there. And then the question you brought up, if TCU loses to Kansas State, are they still in? If the answer to all three of those questions is yes, then there's absolutely nothing to decide this week other than Friday night. If USC wins, they're in. If they don't, Ohio State's in. Ohio State's frozen because they don't have a game. It's, it's that a good spot. And everybody behind Ohio State is, by the rules, by the spoken rules of this playoff, not allowed to be in. Because no two-loss team has ever gotten in, and that list would start with Bama, Tennessee, Penn State, and Clemson. And I don't think anybody that's watched college football this year outside of the city of Tuscaloosa, thinks that any of those teams are worthy of the playoff. No. What? 
Alabama's best win, Texas? Mm, yeah, or yes. Or what is the other one I heard him discuss last night? Maybe Ole Miss? Mississippi State? Remember Ole Miss? Ole Miss got them. No, they beat Ole Miss. They beat Ole Miss, barely. So Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. Mississippi State. Mississippi State's 25. Texas is ahead of them. So Texas. Yeah, Texas, Mississippi State are the two teams with the, the yeah, that's their that best win. That ain't good, Alabama. No, that's not. No that. chance. And also just because of how close those games, the feel of the game against Texas and Texas A&M and Ole Miss. All three of them should have got them. Yeah, y'all play them hard, too. All th- Somehow. I still don't know how. But all three of those fan bases can go, oh, my God. You had a play to beat Bama? Yeah, you did. You did, and yes, Bama survived it, and you should give them that. But to me, Bama survived in a different way than TCU kept surviving. And oh, by the way, TCU hadn't lost a game. So it's a different, uh, completely different discussion. So I think all that's pretty simple this week. We'll watch the championship games, but it is a week where you could argue that three of those championship games, the three there at the top, might not really matter. If Georgia, Michigan, and TCU lost, all lost by a touchdown. Would you kick any of them out? Because I don't think the committee can do that. It'd be tough. I mean, what? It'd be, it'd be tough. Yeah, SC is really the only one I can see getting kicked out, and that's because they would have lost to a team twice. Somebody says, I hate rooting for USC, but Ohio State can kick rocks. They don't want to see them in. That's another thing fans have right now, Zay, that don't like Ohio State and Bama if you're not a fan of those teams. People kind of want to see new blood. And I also heard the argument for if the top four get in that are there right now, you've got four of the conferences represented. And that is a good feel for some people. You would not have the ACC represented, but we've had that with Clemson. You would actually get a Pac-12 representative, a Big 12 representative. Big 12's never even gotten a team into the championship game. So Yeah, all different parts of the country, too. Yeah, right. And then you pointed that out, too. Spread things out into TV markets. It would kind of make sense. Not that... You know, not the TCU's fan base around Dallas Fort Worth is the most rabid, <laughs> rabid in the region, but yeah, it, it is. And so you've got a fi- you got a, a playoff system that Atlanta, Dallas Fort Worth, LA, and theoretically, you know, Detroit would all care about. Yeah. And that's pretty rare. So Yeah, I think Georgia's good this weekend. Daniels, he got banged up against y'all. Uh, Michigan, I think they're good. They're playing freaking Purdue. But TCU, be careful. Kansas State, Will Howard, no, good. he's looked good these last few weeks. Garrett Riley's got them rolling. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Chris Clemens got them rolling. And, yeah, I, with Deuce Vaughn, if they could control the game on the ground and if Will Howard can make certain throws with the schedule that TCU's had, they've, you, they got to be banged up. It's been a tough oh, yeah. season. No doubt. It's been a tough season. All the comeback wins, all the wins. You had beat, barely beat Baylor. I know you blasted Iowa State last week, but getting through the Big 12 is an absolute gauntlet. And if whoever comes out on top went through it. Yeah, I thought TCU got some of the style points they needed by beating Iowa State that way. All right, I'll throw out one more weird scenario, and then we can move on to an NFL stat I want to make sure everybody knows. But if USC wins and looks impressive and TCU lost, is there any way the committee would slide Ohio State in to take TCU out? They would have lost their conference title game, and would they give enough respect to whatever Ohio State is to put them in instead of TCU? I mean, I would like to say no, but Ohio State's so big blood, I wouldn't put it past the committee. Yeah, that might be I the, wouldn't do it. 
And that's the one thing, man, I think Sonny Dykes needs to be hammering this week is hammer it to his guys. Guys, and I'd play it over and over again. I'd play Kirk Herbstreet, and I'd play anybody that wants to say it. I think they're even in if they lose. I would just pause it and say, do you all believe that for one second? Because you're crazy. They don't respect us. They never have. This brand, us, we got kicked from three to six years ago. They don't believe in TCU. We have to go show them. And the only way to do that is to go 13-0. and Do you understand me? And then you got to get them on the razor's edge, ready to roll, man. TCU cannot go in there thinking they're already in the playoff. But then it goes back to how tough is the Big 12 compared to the Big 10, which I think the Big 12 I is agree. way better yeah. than the Big 10. It's not even close. I mean, look at the Big 10 championship game. Purdue going against Michigan. Purdue ain't even freaking ranked. And then we got Kansas State, who's ranked 13th, going against a third-ranked TCU, which who knows how good Kansas State would have been if they started Will Howard the full season. Yeah, I know they'd push Purdue around. Oh, hell yeah. I know that for sure. Yeah, they'd blast Purdue. They absolutely would. No, that's a great point. Hopefully we get all the chalk and those teams head in. Let's uh, hope, that, you know, for the just the sake of things, USC steps up. I just want to see that USC team, the talent, the story, Lincoln Riley, all of that. I would love to see that. That means you'd have Lincoln Riley, first-year coach, Dykes, first-year coach, and then you'd have the legit, you know, those the legit studs of uh, of smart and uh, Harbaugh in there. That'd be wild. Two first-year coaches making the playoff. Yeah, and Lincoln Riley, he played the game to a T. I mean, yes, Oklahoma is a good job, but with the transfer portal, with NIL, Southern Cal is a huge market on getting guys in. Los Angeles is still big time. I know it's expensive as hell, but it ain't expensive and you ain't got to pay for nothing, which a lot of those guys don't. They getting paid and then some. So for Caleb Williams, that was an easy decision to go. We see uh, Jordan Addison there, the Pittsburgh transfer, and he's fit in very nicely. That's what Longhorn fans are so scared about with this Xavier Worthy talk. Yeah, Because sure. everything I just said, if you're Xavier Worthy, how can you not listen to those offers and put yourself out there? We've been talking about this the whole time. These guys are going to get wine and dine. It's nice to be wanted. It's nice to be re-recruited all over again and just seeing you know your value out there. And if you're allowed to do that, hell, coaches do it. So these guys should be allowed to do it. And if you're disgruntled in any way, then why not? Now, Xavier Wordy having over 20-something touchdowns in two years, I think that's pretty ridiculous. And if I was him, I'd be like, man, something's working here. Even with how bad we were this season in the passing game overall, I still got my touchdowns. I just didn't get my catches and yards per catch that I probably would have thought I would get. So, you know. It's it's it, Lincoln Riley played that to the T, and yeah, it's been impressive to see him and Sonny Dykes, both first-year head coaches. Sonny Dykes, he did his thing on taking on Gary Patterson's group and instilling his own philosophy and his own culture in there. Didn't have to do much, but yeah, he fits in the Fort Worth TCU culture perfectly. We will see if uh, they can lock it in. New CFP rankings out. Seems pretty simple right now, but you never know. Somebody says Ohio State has more alums than anybody else. The more eyes on television that's beware of a loss. Yeah, you never know. Do they just let anybody in? You never know. Is that know. why? Do they just let anybody in? It's not. I feel like it, being a state school, it should be a little difficult to get in there. I don't know. Yeah. I never applied for Ohio State. We got a couple people throwing in some some ideas of, of what could happen for this week. I don't know about that. We'll have to check the uh, 
Check the entrance. Yeah, because I've always known that levels. they have big, you know, alums they and do. stuff like that. Oh, they're everywhere, but man. The Big Ten just as a whole does. Yeah, Buckeyes are all over the place. That is no doubt about it. Uh, real quick before this break, another thing we're uh, leading up to this week. It is such a good NFL weekend. If you're a Cowboys fan, here's how good your brand is. Here's how much they love you on television. There are six winning matchups this week in the NFL. Six of them. And they're not flexing the Cowboys out of Sunday night against the Colts. That's how powerful the Cowboys are. Cowboys-Giants was just one of the, the most watched games ever but for Thanksgiving do, or do, at all. Do they do that at the beginning of December? Like, I feel like that's a... We've already had one 15. flexed, I think. We've had a flex I already? Think and the only reason I know that is because I think my wife Steelers got flexed out a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's. but you're right. Sometimes it's not quite this time of year, but I would have thought some of these other games might have been, you know, might have been worthy of it. The other thing I would bring up, shout out to my guy Kevin Dunn, former partner of mine on the radio. Kevin always hated it when the NFL felt average. He always hated it when it felt like there was all this parody because there was all these, like, you know, 500 teams. Kevin Dunn, if you're out there and people that, that, that agree with him, and I kind of do too, what we need in the NFL sometimes is a bunch of good teams and a bunch of clearly bad teams. Check out this stat. Right now, in the NFL, going into this weekend, there are only four teams, four, that could end the weekend at 500. That's it. Just four. There have been years where it's like, 9, 10, 11. There are 13 winning teams. There are 15 losing teams and only four teams. Two in the NFC, two in the AFC. Could be 500 after this weekend. That's a good sign for the NFL. You got really good teams established. You know who the really bad teams are. And this particular weekend, starting tomorrow night, you have six matchups of two winning teams playing each other. So it's going to be a good NFL week. We'll continue to discuss that, and we'll jump in on the fantasy side next. Zay's got questions for his fantasy team. If you've got them, start throwing them our way. J.D. Lewis is coming right up with your fantasy football talk. Specs text line is 337-3776. As we head towards fantasy championship, get your questions in. J.D. Lewis will try to help you next on The Horn. I think I got that one. Really good guitar work. Sounds like a hell of a showman up front. Queen? Correct. There it is. What's it called? There it is. Let me entertain you. (laughs) That easy. And he did. He did every day of his life. The late, great Freddie Mercury leading out Queen. Brian, don't forget Brian May and those guitars. My daughter has become a huge fan of Queen over the years and loved that movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. If you haven't seen it with uh, Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury, it's really, really good. And they went through every detail to remake that uh, famous Live Aid concert. If you haven't seen the video, there's literally a side-by-side where they show you the movie version, they show you the real version. They took every, I mean, every little detail to get that right. Yo, biopics are one of mine. 
favorite things in cinema. If you could do a good biopic, yeah. whether that's a series, the Pam and Tom one, haven't seen that yet, but that's I still haven't seen that either. Mind. Yeah, yeah, that's one that comes to mind. The NWA one was good. That was good. Notorious. Eh. Haven't seen that one. Tupac one, terrible. Really? Yeah. That's a tough thing to try to recreate. Oh yeah, brutal. That's one of those guys where it's just like, how do you cast Tupac? Did they get the right guy? To, did they even get somebody close? They tried. They got yeah. Okay. They got close. Just wasn't yeah. It wasn't good. Those are tough. Yeah, those are tough to do. The casting is tough, but sometimes they do make them good. I thought Bohemian Rhapsody was good. If you're a Queen fan, uh, definitely check that out. So Queen gets us started today. Uh, we got some fantasy football to get into. Let's see if we can help you and Zay and everybody's team on the Vaqueros Cafe Cantina Hotline. He is J D Lewis. J D, how are you, man? How was Thanksgiving? I'm great, guys. I'm stuffed from Thanksgiving. <laughs> Finally coming out of the food coma. How about you guys? We are good, and I do respect you for admitting that if you'd come on with us last week, all we would have heard was your kids screaming in the background. I really enjoyed that honesty from you. Yeah, look, he's just antagonizing me. I don't know what it is. Like, like it's just been a phase the last couple months where anytime I try to get on a on the phone with him in the car, he thinks it's funny to talk over me or just scream at, at you know the loudest possible capacity, and it's 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 it, crazy. I don't know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, where do you see that? Where, where do you think he saw that? Oh man, I have no idea. I just think he likes attention. Ah, yeah. like when the attention something else. Yeah, that'll do it. All right, let's see. Yeah, if we you can't explain them. They're not rational at all. No, they're not. No, they're <laughs> definitely not rational at that age. Uh, all right, let's see if we can help Zay's team first, and then we'll get to the people. Zay, what do you need? Ah, uh, JD, it's not looking good. You know, I, I should have known when you told me that the fact that Nick Folk was one of my best players, like you, you <laughs> were kind of, kind of like disowned me in a way. I should have known that wasn't a good sign for my team's success because now we are eight and four. We not, we might not get the bye next week in the playoffs. It's not looking good. So Mike Williams, he's questionable for the Chargers. Leonard Fournette, he's questionable for the Buccaneers. Should I play either one of these guys at the risk of them getting hurt during the game, or not even playing all at all? That's. I mean, I think you're going to have to wait to hear some of the reports. I mean, Leonard Fournette's one of my bigger questions of the week because that obviously impacts Rashad White's value as well, whether he's startable or not. Um, because if Fournette does come back and play, you're probably going to see more of the 50-50 split with Fournette handling the goal line work and Rashad White, you know, handling a lot of the passing work. But I think with with Lenny still getting you know three or four, maybe five receptions, so um, it, it severely. It takes out Rashad White's knees, if you will. Um, and so even if he is going, you have to recognize and, and I think set your expectations accordingly that he might have 15 to 20 total touches and he might get a touchdown, but the upside's limited because I don't see him going for 100 yards rushing and multiple touchdowns or anything like that, especially the way that that Tampa Bay offense has, has really played uh, you know, all season, really. So that being said, I don't feel optimistic about starting Fournette, but obviously there are situations where you have to. I mean, if your option is starting Leonard Fournette or Travis Homer, like, yeah, you got a 50% split 
Fournette is better than a shot in the dark on you know on a random guy. So it just all depends on what the other options are. But I don't feel great about it. And if, if I've got anything better, that's that's the route I'm going. All right, let's see if we can help the people out. JD again three three seven three seven seven six. The Specs text line. JD, this one says PPR league. Is there any uh, wide receivers or running backs I should look for the rest of the season on the wire? Trying to find a waiver wire uh, situation. The answer for in ninety six percent of the leagues out there is no. I mean, you're, we're we're sitting here about to be in week thirteen. The, the the waiver wire is just slim pickings, or it's you know totally boomer bust kind of guys. So you know the Christian Watsons of the world have all been picked up. I mean, Jamison Williams is a guy that's going to be coming off the. Uh, I don't even think it was IR. It was like just an NFL list. Um, but I don't expect him to come back and be a startable option. I think he benefits Jared Goff to have an extra weapon, but I don't believe that he's a guy, guys like that, they're going to ramp up over the next four weeks or so. And so you're not going to get what you need out of him this week. So, no, there's really, there's unfortunately, without knowing the list, if, you know, if you wanted to tweet at me and send me some of the guys that you're looking at, it's just most of those guys are not going to be worth dropping guys that you have. There's no obvious guy out there. Even Odell Beckham, if he signs in Buffalo or New York and even Dallas, it's, he's, again, one of those guys that's going to take time to ramp up. Look what This whole season has been a ramp up for Michael Gallup after his torn ACL, and Odell Beckham tore his in the Super Bowl. Like, What is he really going to give you in return in the next two or three weeks? It's just a, a total pie-in-the-sky shot in the dark. So, no, I don't have any recommendations specifically. Happy to answer if there's some additional guys you want me to pick from. Uh, but right now, and, and I'm dealing with this myself, even 10 leagues with shallow benches, it's just really hard to find guys out there unless they've been dropped, unless it's someone that shouldn't have been dropped. Like, for instance, this last week, a guy, Adam Thielen, got dropped in a league. Like, that guy shouldn't be available this time of the year. That's where you're going to probably be able to, to – pick up some scraps as if people have have cut players that they shouldn't have in the most recent waiver period this week so that's the best i got for you on that one that's a that's a tough one this time of year got you jd tua or lamar tua has a tough matchup at in the bay against the 49ers while lamar has the broncos coming into town who you like Tua lamar jackson yeah, I, I lean Lamar there. I think Lamar's probably the number two rated quarterback this week, uh, right behind Mahomes. And just and, and mainly the the deciding factor there really is the matchup and going up against the toughest defense against opposing quarterbacks in San Francisco. Two has got weapons. He, he'll be fine. He's done this with, with against other teams. I mean, he went off against the Buffalo Bills early on in the season. So. He's capable of doing it, yes, but in fantasy, we're going to play the statistics and the numbers, and I think the numbers would tell you that Lamar Jackson has his, about as safe of a floor and a, and a much higher upside just given the matchups that they have this week. Right, let's see what J.D. does with this one. Should I keep Cousins as my QB1 or start Mike White? Ooh, that's actually pretty close. <laughs> I wouldn't cut anybody to pick up Mike White to start him. And and what I would caution people on with Mike White is the only real data that we have historically has been last year when he threw for 420 yards in his first start, and then I think he threw for a total of about 250 yards over his next two starts. So let's pump the brakes a little bit on Mike White. I like him. He's got weapons around him, but he's also got running backs that have been dropping and if too much gets asked of him, you could start seeing interceptions. You could see uh, that offense sputter a little bit, in my opinion. So, 
if you got an extra roster spot, you could grab Mike White and make that decision Saturday or Sunday. Um, but I'm not dropping Cousins for Mike White because I, I want Cousins the rest of the season. So I, I'm going to I'm going to roll with Cousins this week if, if that's the option, and just so that I have him the rest of the year, even though I don't feel great about it. And you're still going to be constantly looking for quarterbacks, uh, even in this barren wasteland of free agency right now. Hmm. All right, so my fellow Bowie alum, Trey P., asked a double, Justin Fields or Deshaun Watson, and pick one, Ezekiel Elliott, DK Metcalf, or Christian Kirk? Uh, PPR? Doesn't say. Uh, don't say. It just says it's for a flex. I would go with DK Metcalf uh, on the flex question. In terms of the quarterback question, I'm – Definitely going to Sean Watson. I don't know that I feel great about it. I don't know that, that Fields will play. And if Fields does play, I don't know that he's going to run all that much because if you take another shot to that shoulder, uh, you could get knocked out for the game and maybe even the rest of the season. And I still don't – I don't see the benefit to playing Justin Fields if you're the Bears. Why, why risk him being out there? Darnell Mooney just went on IR. I mean, guys are dropping like flies. And don't you just want to go ahead and get the first or second pick in the draft and not risk your franchise quarterback? I, I just don't see – I mean, even if he does play, I just I, I think what's made him so effective has been his legs, and I just don't see his legs, uh, him being able to use his legs nearly as much uh, in that game with the injury to his uh, non-throwing shoulder. Talking fantasy football with J.D. Lewis. One more from me, J.D. PPR, need one out of the three. Uh, London, Julio Jones, and Demarcus Robinson. Brutal. Um, I would go with Demarcus Robinson <laughs> to hope for a bounce back week. I think it's pretty clear that he's the number one receiver there. Duvernay really is a slot guy, and so he's going to be the main guy outside. And he dropped touchdown passes last week. He had 128 yards the week before. Uh, it, it, when it's no, no great options, I, I just I can't get behind Drake London even without Kyle Pitts. The guy, you know, the guy basically gets two receptions for 29 yards. I think last week, like that's just not that's not okay. You can't have that. So. Um, I, I would, I, yeah, I would go Robinson there, but that, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. One thing I will add, since you said that was the last one that you had, they may have another one, but for fantasy managers this time of year, what I want you to be thinking about, if you are a team that is in the playoffs, locked in the playoffs, close to the playoffs, whatever it is, uh, maybe you have a buy, start looking ahead to weeks 15, 16, 17, and go ahead and snatch up your playoff defenses. Don't, don't try to claim them week to week where you're competing with other people. Go ahead, assuming you've got a little bit of room on your bench, carry two or three defenses and have great matchups planned throughout the playoffs. Uh, and I'm happy to tell everybody that because all my waivers already went through and I already did all of that this week on all those teams. So, <laughs> but I think that's a good strategy this time of year so that you can, you can get the defenses with the right matchups because that's the key with defenses. Solid defense, but even more so, better matchup and that that's that's the key and so one i'll throw out there if the kansas city chiefs are available in any of your leagues and you're in the playoffs go get them they play denver and they play houston after this week they play cincinnati so you don't want to start them this week but you'll start them the next two weeks for sure huh that's a good point. Good looking out, J.D. Look doing that. it right damn now, baby. <laughs> Zay, you do that I'll, I'll grab one more quick one here uh cousins or Tannehill? cousins I, I, I like Tannehill just fine, but I think that that's going to be a game that's going to be a lot of Derrick Henry without Jordan Davis in the middle against the Eagles. All right, and since I'm a Cowboys fan, let's do one that involves a Cowboy. PPR flex, Gallup, or Jacoby Myers? Jacoby Myers. 
I like Gallup. We talked about him. He's still ramping up a little bit. He's looking better, but you got James Washington coming back. CD's been great. Dalton Schultz is, is involved. Pollard's involved. They're still running the ball a lot. Uh, I just don't I see Gallup's upside being limited to kind of a five reception, 60 yards, and you know maybe a 20% chance of scoring a touchdown, whereas I think Myers is going to be very involved against uh, a team in the Bills where they're probably going to be playing catch-up most of the game. Okay, I think Zay's got that defense figured out now. One more, one more, Zay? Yeah, we're good on the defense. Right. AJD, we got Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, see, I just did that one while you oh, were getting sorry. the defense. Oh, was, oh my bad. My, <laughs> Jeff Wilson, Damian <laughs> Pierce. Hey, I'm rattled. Hey, we've lost two straight. We've lost two straight, JD. He's got my focus. team, we've lost all our confidence. I've lost confidence. I don't know how to motivate them. <laughs> I'm rattled. So right. uh, yeah. So let's go, Jeff Wilson, Damian. They're just getting rested for the playoffs. That's, <laughs> That's right. Doing. One more running back one here. Jeff Wilson, Damian Pierce. Yikes, Damian Pierce, man, he has been awful the last two weeks. And I've told a lot of people on Twitter the last few weeks to to trade Damian Pierce because this is something we see every single year when you have a, a rookie running back that's heavily involved the first half of the season there's always a fall off in the second half of the season because they're not used to playing a 17 game schedule and that's what I think we're seeing in Damian Pierce that's why you're starting seeing guys like Dario Gubalale getting goal line carries over him it's concerning and that being said that, that's why I like Jeff Wilson but then again Jeff Wilson's going up against the San Francisco 49ers and if Raheem Mostert is out you're probably going to take the risk of go with Jeff Wilson. If Raheem Mostert is back, I still think I'm leaning Jeff Wilson over Damian Pierce, even though I know that's a tough call. But maybe it's not as tough of a call for Damian Pierce owners who've gotten like two points from him in the last two weeks. So I like the higher floor, which is Jeff Wilson. There you go. J.D. Lewis, uh, always thinking fantasy football. If you didn't get your question in or didn't get it answered or you just thought of another one, at J.D. Lewis FF for fantasy football. At J.D. Lewis FF. F, J.D., safe travels, and uh, good luck this week. We'll talk to you next week. Anytime, guys. Hey, Zay, you got my phone number. You can text me anytime. You don't only have to get help uh, just during this segment. Very true. Very true. Good looking out, man. I've actually asked. I've gotten J.D.'s help this season for my wife's fantasy issues and my niece's fantasy issues. So I'm just letting you know. It's, it's Chad, happened. That's very, very generous of you to say that you've gotten good advice. It wasn't good advice. I think I probably have gotten every one of them wrong that I've tried to help you with. So uh, it hadn't been as good of advice. I, I'm sorry. The the, the you know, strategy was sound. The results, not so much. Yeah, they may not be the biggest fans of you right now, but I'll keep asking. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah, and, yeah and, definitely. I'm sorry. Yes. And, J.D., I don't think it's a good idea that you were going to let me text you now because I saw the video of J.J. Reddick giving y'all 41 back in the day, oh, and you bet on. on that very tough pump fake in the corner where he hit you with that one dribble pull-up. So I, I was thinking about sending you that, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to ruin this day or anything. I'm going to let that that's rude. <laughs> you know, I got enough crap from my teammates when they replayed that thing all – I mean, obviously they're still replaying it, but, you know, they replayed that a lot as, you know, they were like, hey, this is why J.J. Redick is hard to guard, and then they'd show me. And I'm like, why are you guys picking me? Like, I'm running around Sheldon Williams' gigantic shoulders and just, you know, his, him sticking his butt out and hip checking. I mean, it was so hard to follow that guy. And you have to bite for the fake because you got to run him off the line. Got to run him off the line. I stand by what he did. And guess what? That's the only shot that he hit against me in that game. He was one for three. That's what I'm talking about. There Lock you go. up. There you go. There Defensive you go. stopper at Standing Texas. Standing up for himself. That's what you're known for. <laughs> thank, thank you, JD. <laughs> Thanks, JD. All right, guys. See ya.
Man, bring the man on the show to help with fantasy football, and you're bringing up bad <laughs> memories of his basketball I literally career. just saw that video. It always comes up. Yeah, it does. Because it might be one of J.J. Reddick's greatest games at Duke, which is saying a lot because yeah. the man was phenomenal. But, yeah, and probably what was at stake. Number one versus number two, Texas wearing the black uniforms or playing in, what, Jersey at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll never forget that game. Ever. Yeah, that was something. All right, uh, speaking of Texas, multiple players have said they're going to head into the transfer portal. We'll get Justin Wells' thoughts on it from Inside Texas coming up at one oh five. Also, a World Cup report coming for you next hour with Glenn Davis as the U.S. team wins and advances into the knockout round. Up next, though, it is the crab bag. I got a little uniform police for you. Plus, I have a goal for all of you folks that live out in Mainer and love the Mustangs. Or maybe those of you in H-Town. I'll explain on the horn. bit of no i mean there's a little billy joel in that voice but it's not billy joel the girls don't seem to care who is it steely dan steely dan now see fm if craig way is listening he's disappointed in me i was never around steely dan a lot growing up i wasn't i didn't have steely dan people if i'd have met craig way earlier maybe because i know craig's into steely dan steely dan and queen getting us started today we appreciate that. What's yeah. it called again? FM. FM. Okay. Uh, so we got uh, got a little Steely Dan rolling. Zay's going to get you more music as we go. We're going to get Justin Wells on from Inside Texas coming up at 105. He will tell you a little bit more uh, about his thoughts on Texas, uh, not only how they finished the season, but the transfer portal stories uh, that we talked about yesterday. Also, remember, uh, Ball Don't Lie coming up at 3, and since it is a Wednesday night, you get the full Wednesday night lineup. Longhorn Blitz podcast, if you have not heard that with our man Jeff Howe and Rod Babers and Matt Butler. Great podcast if you love Texas football. 8 o'clock, it is Fight Night with Eddie and Jordan covering all of the people-punching people, non-scripted variety. Then at 9, it is Sports Guys Talking Wrestling, where Stu and Justin and the crew talk about the people-punching people, scripted variety, for your Wednesday night entertainment. All right, right now, let's get into the crap bag. I got a job for you folks in Maynard and some uniforms to bitch about. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. One of the things that I've tried to pride myself on throughout the years is trying to get names right, trying to get pronunciations right. By the way, thanks to my man Craig Way for reminding me. Andre Carrick. For some reason, I've been saying his name wrong. 
Yeah, been, he threw me off yesterday. I've been trying to put a ch at the end of that. Andre Carrick. I'm terrible at that. Craig always hits yeah, me yeah. up because I know I drive him insane. No, and I, I got to do better at that, too. That's what I love about Craig. Craig knows I want people to tell me when I'm screwing that up. So to Andre, I apologize. Also, Zay, I encountered one last night on SportsCenter, and the people of Maynard and the people of Houston need to fix this one. There's a talented basketball player for the Houston Cougars. They're the number one team in the country. His first name is Jamal, and he went to Maynard High School. What's his last name? Jamal Shedd. Ah, Shed. See, that's what I thought it was, too. S-H-E-A-D. Last night I heard SVP call him Jamal Sheed. Ooh. Over and over in a highlight. So, people of Maynard. That's I, big time, too. He's big time. Yes. People of Maynard, I call on you. My wife works for the Maynard ISD driving that bus, and she works with Jamal's dad. Shout out to Mr. Shed. Every time she says it, she says Shed. And Zay just said, shed. Everybody I've heard that follows Houston basketball says, shed. Everybody I know from Maynard says, shed. So let's get it to SVP. Get on, the, get on Twitter. You Houston folks, the SID, all that. You cannot have a badass guard from the number one team in the nation and have people mispronouncing his name. Let's make sure we get that right. Let's start adding and hashtagging ESPN and the big folks so they get that right. Yeah, yeah, get it right there. Might be the best backcourt in the nation. Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser. Yeah. Those guys could really go. They got the freshman Walker in there. They look like a team that could win a national championship. But those Texas Longhorns said that number two. They got a huge test tomorrow night against Creighton. They also look like they could win yeah, a national do. championship, which gives me chills because it's been a while where you could say that about this Longhorn men's basketball team. Hey, another great stat that came out of uh, the great Craig Way. I heard him say it on Light the Tower. First time ever that the top two teams in the rankings have been from Texas. What? Do you realize that? One, really? One and two have never both been from the state. That's kind of cool. That is cool. Never realized it before. Uh, you said there were a couple other times where it's like two in the top five, maybe, but never one and two. Yeah. Shout and, out to Shaka Smart, who finally oh, beat Baylor how about that? last night. Couldn't do it when he was here, but. No, he couldn't. Did it. When he was at Marquette with the stakes, I guess, weren't as high. You know what he needed? Hair. (laughs) The hair was the power. Shaka's got the Samson vibe. Yeah. Shaka go with the follicles, man. Apparently that's what works. I didn't recognize him. That little beige fro he got going on. I did not recognize him at all. He goes to shake Scott Drew's hand, and I thought, who is that guy? Oh, wait, oh, wait, that's Shaka. They look good. Yeah, good for them. All right, so there's uh, there's part of your crap bag. The other is some uniform police griping. First off, can we please stop color on color? Why does everybody have to do the same jersey with the pants? And it's not if it's not black or white, why do we have to do that? Please stop. Please stop it. Just try to set it off where the pants and the jersey are different colors. Specifically, stop gray on gray. Washington State. Detroit, other teams, think, Kansas State, think, actually, K-State, you usually do what you're supposed to do. Let's put you outside. Stop it with gray on gray. Gray's bad. If your team colors involve silver or gray, you need to be better than looking like you are Hans and Franz working out on Saturday Night Live. Stop it. But the biggest gripe today goes to the Indianapolis Colts. Just because you have some history and just because you're a blue blood-ish kind of team and you got all that history and everything, just because your logo's boring doesn't mean you get to do these dumb throwbacks where you say, okay, Chad, you know our logo that everybody knows? Yeah. We're going to make it much smaller and then we're going to put both of them on the back of the helmet. Huh? You're going to do what? 
Rule number one. Let's do this. Rule number one for throwing back, especially if you got a little brand name. If your throwing back involves you having nothing on both sides of your helmet, stop. Just don't do it. Quit it. So was this like Johnny Unitas? They just days? put they just took I don't know when they ever did it. And if they ever <laughs> did, it's stupid. Don't throw back to something dumb. Those Bronco uniforms a few years ago, those ugly brown ones that they literally burned in a bonfire years ago, you should have never worn them. You should have done your history. The Steelers finally got rid of the bumblebees. But when it comes to these helmets, Packers, Lions, Bears, Colts, if you're throwing back and going, hey, Chad, remember when we had nothing on our helmets? Yeah, I do, but I don't want to remember it today. That's not how you should be celebrating throw back to something on your helmet or don't throw back at all please yeah it, just, it looks so stupid yeah Colts don't really have a throwback because their uniforms seem like they've been the same the whole time so yeah. i can't even picture a non-logo logo helmet me either just be the colts then yeah you're the colts be blue and white throw that horseshoe up on both sides of your helmet and let's play ball just don't bring a team to Dallas that's going to mess with you know their rhythm and momentum. God, the Cowboys need to tear that team apart this week. They better be paying attention. They better not play down to the Colts because that, that team needs to get got. Matt Ryan needs to get hit a lot in that ball game. I don't know what that line is. Cowboys need to cover. They need to lay the points. I don't points. know what it is either. I'm guessing it's over nine. I was going to say, is it up to I'm gonna, I'll check it before we hit this break. Is it 10? Oh, God, it's 11. <laughs> it's at 11. Money on the Cowboys. You know what? They should cover that. Is that in Arlington? Oh, yeah. It's at home. They should, man. They should beat that team by two touchdowns to 17. So I'd say, I'm not telling you I'd lay it and actually bet those. I'm just telling you they should. All right, there's a little crap bag for you. Up next, Justin Wells, Inside Texas on 3.com. His thoughts of Texas coming out of that Baylor game. His thoughts on these players that say they're going into the portal. And yes, he's a Cowboys fan too. We'll ask him about the Cowboys, OBJ, and the Cowboys getting ready for the Colts. Don't move. It's the Horn.